Hi, and welcome to Matt Holman Talks Mental Health, a podcast where I have the opportunity to sit down and chat to amazing humans about their journeys and stories of mental health. For this episode, I'm so happy to introduce Natalie Welch to the conversation. Welcome, Nat. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Lovely to see you. Um, so as always, just very briefly how we got to this conversation, and then I'll let you do a proper introduction, let people know a little bit more about who you are and what you do, and then we get into the big conversation, of course. Um, so Nas and I, uh, we met a few months ago back in the Inspire, at the Inspiring Business Awards in Basingstoke, which was really interesting. We were out on the balcony of the Anvil. Um, they were celebrating their award win, so congratulations to the Typeface Group for your, your win. Thank you. We, they were helping to commiserate us for not winning. <laughs> A prize but it doesn't matter because it was all about being there and participating so but we got chatting and then realized there was a journey and there's a connection mutual connection which is we've both um had the opportunity to deliver tedx talks so that was amazing and uh and then since then we've been organizing a time to get this done so we're here today together thank you for joining me nat do a brief introduction to yourself and let people know a little bit about you um, well thank you for having me so i'm nat welch i'm co-owner of the typeface group we are b corp marketing agency um specializing in comms and seo i'm also a strong woman um i sit on the inclusion advisory board at the hampshire fa as vice chair i'm a solo parent um so i've got quite a few strings to my bow Excellent. And no doubt we're going to delve a little bit into some of those as well as we go into the conversation. So thank you um, again for joining. As always, for the guests, I just want to throw out one big question. Mm-hmm. Your story, your journey with mental health. There you go. Take it and flow with it as you will. Uh, I have had a roller coaster of a journey with my mental health. I think the first time I recognised my mental health was poor was probably in my 20s where I was in the crux of controlling everything that I ate um exercising like a demon to try and work off all the calories that I ate I was in relationships that weren't that healthy uh, because I didn't value myself um I got quite lost um I was in quite an abusive marriage mentally and financially um had a child because that always helps and then my mum was diagnosed with terminal cancer so all of a sudden I had all this stuff piling up um and as I've discussed with you I was always known as the strong one Mm. Nat strong she can deal with things and so all this stuff was piling up and I didn't think I could reach out and ask for help until I got to a point where I couldn't do it anymore. I just didn't know what to do or turn. Uh, my mom, who was one of my best friends, was dying. And I'm like, how do I live this life without her? My marriage was getting incredibly worse. And I had a child that I had the responsibility to try and keep safe and to teach what a healthy relationship looked like. But I didn't know how to leave. Um, I had prior to that also been through two what, three life-saving operations to just keep myself alive thanks to congenital things so I blame my parents for those you know nothing I could have done or chosen but I had a brain tumor which left me deaf in one ear I've had half my bowels removed because they were twisting so they weren't formed properly they're minor things that could get fixed but what I realized is my mental health was quite not major. yeah they're quite major you yeah. know they were just thrown in for good measure my yeah. mental health there was no one there to help with that, so whilst I was physically getting fixed for these um, physical problems, you know, my mental health was on the decline. And so eventually I went, I need help and went to therapy. 
Okay. This was in my 30s by now. So quite a lot had happened um, prior to that. And it was probably the best thing that I did right. was go. It was one of the hardest things that I have done. But through my therapy, I became a redhead. I left my marriage because one of the things my mom wanted to see from me and my sister before she passed was that we were both happy right. and I knew if I didn't I was always going to wait until she went because I couldn't cope with both but I realized she needed to see that before she went and so I left my marriage I <laughs> um grew the business with Polly <laughs> so oh yeah also was running a business during this time I solo parented my son and then was in a position where I sat with my mum and held her hand as she passed which I don't, don't think I could have done if I hadn't three years prior to her leaving this planet um put in some really hard graft to build up my self-worth my value my strength in the way that I should have built it in the first place which was that I can also be vulnerable. I'm allowed to have boundaries. I can say no to things. I can ask for help when I need it, which I still need to work on. I still, um, that's one of the things that I'm constantly working on to just be there and have that beautiful, heartbreaking moment with her, um, which was a gift that I wouldn't change for the world. So yeah, I've been through, through what I'd like to say, and my granddad would put it through the ringer, and back again and without all those things that have happened I wouldn't be the person I am today so I don't look at them with regret too much anger those are there's certain certain things that I look back and I think that's not shouldn't have happened but it's taught me a lot and now I think I'm a better person than what I would have been if I didn't go through those things wow You've... So that's a really short, I think, whirlwind. Honestly, we've got plenty of time. We can we can talk about these things, and, and yeah. I, yeah, I know. I think I think what you've shared, and and thank you for sharing it. Firstly, mm. you know, as always, I, I, for any guest that comes on here, you know, there's a story to be told, and there is always you know an inspiring and inspirational journey that people have been through. But what I think is really important is there's sort of key points in there that I, if, if it's okay, we we'll touch on. Hundred percent. Yeah. If, because you know that that piece around the three years before your mum passed and and mm. sort of almost taking ownership of that and saying right I need to change and I need yeah. to do when when and how did that come about because I'm always intrigued to know there's a moment in time where you're struggling and then you're going now I'm going to get better I'm going to do something yeah yeah so, so what was the catalyst for that what changed so mum uh, was given six months wow okay yeah she lived for six years right so we three years into her six month prognosis I was like each day with her is a gift and I am not present at that and I'm not making new core memories I am not yeah I'm not being there for her in the way that I want to show up and she can't be there for me you know so I didn't know when it could happen at any moment and she, I, I recognise that my mum at one point didn't check out as being a parent, but I noticed she was stopping to parent because I think she wanted us to find our own way while she was around. 
And I started to see that more. And that was my catalyst. I was like, okay, my rock is trying to show me that I need to take ownership of this. But I've got no headspace to do it. And so I need to find someone who can not be my new rock, but be the safe space that I can go to and go, right, this is happening. This is what I'm thinking. Can you help me work this through? Because I knew mum needed to focus on herself and her quality of life at that point. She didn't have the mental and physical capacity to still be in that position of being a parent. And that was the point for me. I was like, okay, mum, as I relied on, has gone. This new mum now needs me to almost go into parent mode to show her everything's fine or everything's going to get better. And I'm now here for you rather than it was re- it was that moment of the parent child relationship flipping okay. that I was like, I need to I know not that I wasn't being a grown up, but almost in my head, I was like, you, what would what would your mum do right now if this was her? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm, go- I'm going to find that I'm going for therapy. I need help. I have been on antidepressants previously in my life and I knew that wasn't a route I necessarily wanted to take right then because of the impact that it had on me I felt very foggy I didn't you know didn't feel great on them so I was like I'm going to try this first before I necessarily have any chemical interaction which I know can work for some people and by this route I have managed to so far not have to need any um, pharmaceuticals uh, to help me which I'm I'm quite proud of because I know that might have what I needed was my full brain function and when I've previously been on them it's kind of makes you laser focus but I had too many things that I couldn't then focus on so that was my choice um so yeah it was that parent-child relationship flipping that was the catalyst for me yeah, I I just find it fascinating now. I think it's, it's it, that that to me is the is the piece, isn't it? It's the mm-hmm. moment when you sort of go, I need to do something here, and I and thank yeah. you for, for sharing that as a you know, from your perspective, and and also the the conversation around the medication piece. You know, yeah. because right for some people it's necessary, and some people yeah. really do need it, and they do want to try it, and and for others there's always alternatives, and and I know sports a big part of your life. You know, yes. you know what you do, and do you want to talk about how that helps you in terms of your managing your mental health as well because I always think that's something that has to help isn't there yeah a hundred percent so I I have been a sporty all my life you know I used to play netball up to county level when I was younger I used to be a bit of a runner um did like 10 10 miles and a half marathons nothing beyond that because that's just too much um and I've always in between those I've always done a little bit of weightlifting but actually it was when I became a solo parent that I was like I'm going to see how physically strong I am um, I'm I'm one of those advocates healthy body healthy mind it's you know one speaks to the other I can tell if I haven't been physically active for a couple of days um and I started training with the World's Strongest Woman, Farah Fonseca, at the time. That was in 2018. And she was like, you're actually quite strong. Like, she didn't say it in a patronising way. That was me. <laughs> Surmising. Oh, She's like, you're really strong. <laughs> you're actually quite strong. Um, bear in mind, I was, I was in my late 30s. Um, and she goes, oh, they do basic state strongest novice every year um, at the gym that I go to I hadn't physically joined the gym at that point it was still very much this is new to me I was just training with Farah um, and so I was like okay so that 
January, I joined the gym to train for this particular um, competition, strong man competition, strong woman competition, and had, you know, training programs, all that. I've all, I'm very good if I've got a focus. Um, then my mum sadly passed in the April. The day after she passed, I went to the gym because no one knew. And so I could go and take it out on these barbells, anything that I needed, or just have that moment of no one knows here. So I don't have to live it right now. I can just come in, lift my weights, leave, and then I'm back in the grief. Um, and I actually won Basin So Strongest Woman a month after we celebrated my mum's life. And I don't think that was a coincidence. I think the grief fueled, it was an outlet for my grief to be able to train for something and to make her proud. And so I feel that ever since then, I now do strong women <laughs> because it's what she would have wanted. Um, and she would have, cause she would That's have think I'm insane. Yeah, she, she would think I'm insane. Like, what are you doing to yourself? But she would also love it and be really proud and go, can you see what my daughter can do? Um, and she always knows that I like to do something that defies the norm a little bit. Who would have thought in your forties, you can become, you know, as a hobby, I don't do it seriously could become the sixth strongest woman in Britain you know as a master so that was last year's um, achievements and it's just so much fun but it is my yeah, just to confirm sorry Nat to cut you but you did become the sixth I did yes. yeah 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 sorry yeah, I, yeah. I think you said it wasn't absolutely clear and I know I did yeah in 2022 I was the sixth right. strongest master in Britain uh, which I think when we were fighting, you said you were going to fight me for our trophy. I then gave you that fact. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Inspire yeah. Awards. <laughs> and you were like, okay, I'll take it back. Um, Keep it, yeah. And, and it, it's just part of my life now. There's a whole community there and it's so empowering. And it's so, it, it is part of my life. I can't, you know, people think, oh, you know, you're obsessed with the gym. I'm not. I'm obsessed with how it makes me feel. Yeah. That, that's big, isn't it? Yeah. And, yeah. and so so how so to try to let's just get inside your mind for a moment then mm. so you've just done a big workout or you've just done a session where yes. you've really, you know done pretty well how does it feel what what's going on inside your head there I'm I'm squashing those imposters in my head telling me I can't do things that I put my mind to because I absolutely bloody can it's that moment of pride that you have in yourself that I think that people try and stop you from having it's like I'm really proud of what I can do what I can lift why should I not be openly proud of some of my achievements you know the sort of Britishness in us about keeping quiet yeah. like no 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 I'm I'm really proud of it and and I like to challenge myself but I'm all it's also teaches me not to beat myself up when I have a shit session because yeah. you're going to have terrible days uh, where you don't feel your best or you haven't slept well or you've been so busy and you are exhausted but just showing up to the gym and doing something still show still makes me feel better than if I hadn't bothered at all um so yeah I think that when you've had a great session though and you're walking out sometimes with jelly legs and you're like I did that yeah so so let me flip that then to when you don't train how do you feel yeah uh I really get inside my head mm. though I give too much volume to those voices that the gym squashes mm. you know that sort of oh you're lazy look you can't be bothered you're not motivated 
exhausted. You call yourself an ambitious career woman. You can't even get to the gym. So it's like, whilst, you know, we could all be a bit kinder to ourselves, especially if we're poorly, you know, we really have to be, because you can be a bit deviant, I think, with exercise. Like when you're ill and you need to rest, you need to listen to your body. Like I've had a knee niggle. And so we've had to completely change my training program because I wasn't being honest about how niggly my knee was being because I didn't want to be seen as weak or that I couldn't do something. But actually, I'm like, well, how long do I want to be in this sport? <laughs> exactly. Let's sort my knee out. It's, yeah, I, I can get really, go to a really dark place everyone notices at home I'm more snappy I've because it it gives me an outlet for any sort of negative thing that I'm feeling you know well although anger has its place and I think it's a positive emotion only if it's let out in the right way so all that anger you know that that annoying conversation that you've had or something you've heard in the news you've got to get it out some way and for me it's on a barbell (laughs) on a barbell yeah yeah staying out the way yeah that's, I think that's brilliant and I think that's nice because I think for people to understand the balance between doing and not doing activities and we get it we all do I think we yeah. all understand the difference and I've seen that personally and over the last few weeks in particular you know where I have been doing things regularly which makes me feel great and motivated and positive and and all those wonderful things that came with that or come with that and and then when I haven't done it I've I felt the converse opposite to that. You know, it's, it's, it's bizarre, isn't it? Until you, and, and this for me is what it's all about is until you realize that you don't think about it and you don't pay attention to it. And it's sort of, it's, it's a bit of a challenge for some people. Yeah. I'm so self-aware, um, which, you know, is great, but can also be a bit like, oh, I need to get out, you know, uh, even if it's just going for a walk. Yeah. It, it's so important in order to keep me balanced um you know some people eat clean some people are vegans and that's their thing whereas for mine it's it's about moving my body or lifting heavy weights you know I also only go to the gym four times a week there's only so much my body can take but even on those days that I'm not lifting I'm moving in some way um because recovery is as important as you know activity but I am really aware when my mood has dipped and it's usually because there's been a chunk of days where I've been, you know, at, when you go to a conference and you're stuck in a conference hall and you've had no vitamin D, but you've also, you're too tired to actually then go and do anything. I can, I can feel when I've had too many days in a row like that. I just yeah. need to get out. You said, yeah, again, you know, I totally get it. And it's exactly sort of where I, where I was in the, my thoughts there as well. And it's that, one of the biggest challenges that people talk about is not having time to do things you know mm-hmm. there's so many things going on and you're you're a solo parenting and you've got a business you're running you know you're you're, you're co, co-running with uh, with polly yeah you've got this training going on you've got all these things how do you balance your time with all of that it's i have to schedule things okay. and schedule it in it's important it's even in my work calendar nap yep. training Okay. because we don't work necessarily traditional hours but there's sometimes I'm definitely not available and that's obviously if I'm in the gym there's no signal anyway but if I'm in the gym it's so and and then my son knows how important it is to schedule time for yourself yeah. um so I feel that it's good modeling it's like mum mummy goes to the gym at these times on these particular days sometimes that moves because that's life but if I've got it planned in it's 
it's not moving nothing else can get planned or go oh no well that's been booked in now so I can't do that it's literally blocked in my calendar as a reminder so I get a kick in the as well um and to make it form it's to form a habit isn't it isn't it I mean, it takes 66 days for our new habits to form I've been going to the gym apart from the pandemic obviously kind of paved ways to that but four times a week since 2018 so it's very much a habit for me to do um so yeah it's it's scheduling it in you just and making it a non-negotiable that's what i love yep i love that because that is so so important and i and i talk all the time about you know these are not luxuries would like to have so they have to be necessities need you know have to have because yeah. you know the first thing we sacrifice often is the stuff we need yeah you know and, it's uh, like i've got therapy every other tuesday at 1 30 it's in the work calendar natalie's yeah. out of the office every other tuesday it just is what it is i think that's great and i think that's the that's the way we want the future to be isn't it is everybody mm-hmm. control of course within the work parameters and working hours and everything else we're not trying to break the mold of where work no but what we're trying to establish is a better behavioral set which says we need everybody to be healthy and well and we want people to be healthy and well which means also encouraging people to take time for those activities and 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 if only the managers or the people who run the businesses knew the value of helping to do that versus uh, why are you not in the office why are you not online why are you out you know doing things yeah i think that will change right so modeling behavior is so important it's great that you can have flexible working policies and you know access to therapy and mental health services but if you're not showing that you use them yourself as a leader and management your team are not going to actually see the permission that they've got to go and do it for themselves so i think it's so important for the management and leadership who are using those services to speak about it loud and proudly because it's the only way that your team are going to really get permission that they can go and do it we have uh, personal days that people who don't really need a holiday they aren't poorly but they just need a day off for whatever reason that people can take just send a send me or poly a whatsapp so we know you're not available no questions asked apart from okay if there's anything you need, just let us know and because sometimes you just want to lay under your duvet and watch netflix all day but you're not ill and you definitely don't want to waste your holiday on it so, and Polly and I have taken personal days because shit has hit the fan at home and we just need a day off, but it's definitely not a holiday that we're having. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's usually anything but. Um, and yeah, that's-, it's, that's it. Again, Polly and I have modelled that to kind of show the team it's not a stigma if you have one of these. And that's really, really important as well. And you're doing exactly that. And that is by putting those things in your diary, by giving and enabling people to do the same things. That's a powerful thing. That's the role modeling, well-being and the behaviors of well-being that that I I think a lot of people struggle with. You don't want someone showing up to work, you know, whether that's physically poorly or with poor mental health because they're not going to give you your best so if you can give them the time to go and do what they need to fill that cup and that might be walking around town that might be going to the gym that might be scrolling for hours on facebook whatever they have to do no judgment they're going to come back the next day feeling so much better and more loyal to you because you've given them some time it's so important and to get to this you've been through a hell of a journey yeah 
lot of things have happened to bring you to that place. So um, we're almost towards the end of this, so a few more minutes to go. But yeah. just want to sort of tune in just a couple of things. Firstly, I'm yes. how are you doing at the moment? How do you how would you define your mental health right now? I would say so. My therapist went away for the six weeks holiday, and I saw her the first time on Friday, and I definitely could do with more sessions. I would say I'm a solid seven because my son started secondary school and there's interesting things around that. He's been absolutely brilliant, but I'm still quite on high alert for him to come home having not had a brilliant day. Um, So that's me more than him because he's been a legend. Um, So I, I think I've been better, but I'm acknowledging things. I, have great support system around me where I can go do you know what I just need to go for a walk or I'm switching off or whatever um I'm I'm prioritizing my sleep and my gym and all those things during this whirlwind time so I've I've been better but I've I'm capturing it and capping it at seven and just taking taking each hour as it comes and that's the and that's the fluidity of it isn't it it changes Mm -hmm and it's obviously it's very subjective to how you feel in those moments depending on all things that are going on around you so no I appreciate yeah. you know seven's a good number so I'm, I'm I'm cool with that too but um that's good to hear um so as the final parts of this conversation mm-hmm. just sort of throwing over to you to ask you anything you want to share with people to sort of motivate them or inspire them or say to them you know whatever you want to say any messages or any any quotes I always like to hear people's favorite quotes or things I sort of threw that in there as a curveball although I do ask it in everyone so um <laughs> throwing as a, as a so regular curveball final thoughts for you what would you like to share as a final thought for people and anything you want to anything else you want to add uh I think Final thoughts is that anyone who's in a position of uh, power, and I mean that as leadership or a teacher or whatever, is we need to start telling the truth about how we feel and how it's okay to feel every single emotion under the sun. None of them are bad, right? None of them should be off limits. There are definite paths of which we can focus some of them better um anger being I suppose the most obvious one it doesn't have to come out as aggression it can come out as other things like when I'm angry I cry (laughs) big ugly tears (laughs) you know it's it's just the way I I deal with it so I think that there's that openness and trust that we need to build if we're in positions of power to allow people to be more open and honest and bring their true selves and tell us when things aren't great um a quote that I've heard recently that I quite like, it used to be fake it till you make, you make it, but they've changed it. It was Roxy Nafusi to fake it until you believe it. Okay, interesting. I like that. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, where you want to be, I'm not saying be fake about it, but live it until you truly believe that's where you are and what you deserve. So, yeah, I think we all need to look inwards ourselves more and believe in ourselves more and our intuition and our value and self-worth because that radiates and everyone else will feel it and think, Oh my God, they're living like that. I want to live like that too. And then before you know it, you believe it. And so it makes everything, I'm not saying it's rose tinted glasses, but it makes everything easier to deal with because you can sit there and go, okay, right. Is this, 
situation that I just need to get through or is this actually who I am and nine times out of ten it's just a situation you need to get through so yeah that's um that's a phrase that I've really liked fake it till you believe it uh, but yeah I feel that we've got more influence than we believe and yeah. so we need to start tapping into that amazing I love that and I I do really genuinely find that really interesting as a as a thought and a concept as well so and especially with things you talked a little bit about imposter and you know challenging mm-hmm. thoughts and those voices and those things that are happening in your head and mm-hmm. you know and, and I think that's so true isn't it we we sort of we try to push ourselves down too often and actually we should be helping to lift ourselves up sometimes so so more strength to you and you know being unique and uh, you know with the red hair I love it <laughs> For anybody that's watching this, you know, it's incredible because you're, you're definitely standing out. You're unique. You're your own personality. And, and you know, and behind all of that, you've been through a whole journey and yeah. you know, the journey continues. Right. I'm sorry to say it's not finished. Always. Yeah, it continues. But I feel I've got more in my backpack than I know how to deal with what comes up. So definitely, yeah. amazing. Nat, thank you so much for doing this. That's I really okay. It's been lovely to sit down and listen to you. Um, you've got your TEDx talk out there as well. So I'll drop yep. that in the links to this as well for anybody that wants to go and listen to you talking a little bit more about some of the experiences you've been through and, and the power and passions that you have. Um, so just, yeah, huge thank you from me. Thank you so much for doing this. And I look forward to catching up with you very soon. All right. No, absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me.